Hey, this is Arif Rahman. Uh, I'm a Bangladeshi blogger currently living in the UK. And I certainly do not listen to I Doubt It with Dalmar. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dalamore. Welcome and thank you for joining us this 162nd episode of I Doubt It with Dalamore. I am your host, Jesse Dalamore. And sitting directly across from me, the Caribbean queen, Brittany Page. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> sometimes I like to prep for the show by listening to some Billy Ocean. Yeah, so much so. And here's the, I don't want to explain the total <laughs> setup, but we both got headphones and we sit at a long table. So I don't know what's going on over there. She really has no idea what's going on over here. And I can't, because I have over-the-ear headphones on, I can't hear what she's got going on, her whole situation over there. And so she took her microphone out of the microphone stand <laughs> and put it to the speaker of her computer, mm-hmm. and I heard Billy Ocean, <laughs> the stylings, the musical stylings of Billy Ocean singing caribbean queen mm-hmm. and the jeans that are painted on or whatever all the bullshit musical perfection <laughs> i'm not shitting on billy ocean but uh i know hey look if that's what gets you going to do the show then uh good it does yeah what are you what are you distracted about right now though um because you're clearly not focused in on what we're doing I don't know if you've noticed. You know, you're always trying to make me look bad. No, no, not at all. I just, I want to know, genuinely want to know something between you and me. Do you know that we do a podcast (laughs) twice a week? I do. We produce Mm -hmm. an hour and 10 to an hour and 20 minutes of content Mm -hmm. twice per week. And you are the co-host of a little show called I Doubt It with Dollamore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Do you you know that? I do know that. Okay. Well, I also... what, are you, what are you doing other than producing a podcast over there? Okay. Well, sometimes in my free time, I don't have time to time, time, time to catch up <laughs> on Dear Prudy, which is a column that I like to read in Slate.com. I don't know why I like to read it because it just frustrates me. You're always complaining. I am. About Dear Prudy. It's very frustrating because... You're either... Now, hang on. I'm painting a picture here. Okay. You're either complaining about Prudy, mm-hmm. the columnist, or you're bitching about the people who are writing in to the aforementioned columnist. Yeah. Prudy's very... She's an interesting person. It's hard to gauge how she's going to react to things. She's the woman who gives the advice to people who write in, right? It's kind of like a Dear Abby. Or does anybody know what the fuck that is? I don't anymore? know. It's an advice column. So people write in and then Prudy... Prudence gives the advice, right? And people write in and ask things. And I read I read these questions and I'm just sitting there thinking, <laughs> why can't you just tell this person? Like, well, what? Give, me, give me an example. Okay, this one is called Slight BO. Oh, you've got it, you've got one up right now. Yeah, I'm reading it. You just called me out for reading it during the show. <laughs> but this is one that bothers you. See, this exa- this is exactly what I'm talking about. Because there's one in about. every single column. This is what I'm talking about. 
you are constantly angry, but you still read it because you are a glutton for punishment. All right. Go ahead with the B.O. or what, okay. what's it called? Slight B.O. Slight B.O. <laughs> yeah. My partner and I live in a city where the weather generally doesn't get too warm, so it never fazed me that he prefers not to wear antiperspirant. However, we recently traveled to this a lady much... married to Sting or something? <laughs> what's going on over we there? We recently traveled to a much warmer climate to visit some of my family, and I noticed that he has a really strong body odor, parenthetically, even though he has impeccable hygiene a relative of mine <laughs> a relative of mine made me so stinky <laughs> made a comment to me in private and i'm a bit embarrassed wow i'm not sure how to mention to him that next time we head that way he should consider wearing something or do i just inform my relative that they'll have to mind their distance next time help uh you lean over in that guy's ear and go hey you stink a bit <laughs> You stink a bit. She called him her partner. Now, I don't know how long they've been together, but she said my partner. So there's, well, a, there's a relationship there. Why can't you just say, hey, you know, you're... You know, they moved from one town to another with one another. No, there's... they visited. Oh, where they visited another yes. town. Well, still, they're traveling with one right, another. Right. They traveled to a much warmer climate. They're close enough. Listen, let me tell you something. This, God, this plays right in. Brittany and I went to a restaurant this evening, and it's Sour Beer Fest at this restaurant. Mm -hmm. So we both had a couple of sour beers. We did. Which apparently rendered my breath to smell as though I had been eating weeds. <laughs> and the only reason I know this, because you wouldn't really know if your own breath smelled like you'd been eating oh. weeds. The reason that I know that my breath <laughs> smelled as though I had been feasting <laughs> on a meal of stinky weeds. I also used, used is, the phrase. Is phrase because, it. hang on, let me get to the fucking punchline there, stepping on my dick. <laughs> the only reason I know this is because the lovely Caribbean queen over there <laughs> told me in no uncertain terms that I needed to go brush my goddamn teeth because my mouth was real stinky. I also used the phrase irrigation ditch <laughs> okay so maybe i'm not the best person to take advice from about how to handle other humans but no, listen but it's if you're close enough with someone right, you don't need I mean. to write into an advice columnist and say hey how do i tell my man that he's a stinky bastard or there's people who are like how do i tell my mom that i don't like that she does this or how do i tell you know my sister that she's doing this it's what are you talking about? You tell her. Right. You have a conversation with these people and it doesn't need to be angry. It doesn't need to be hostile. It's like, hey, I don't appreciate what you're doing. You know, hey, can we do this differently? Hey, you're being weird. I don't understand. Hey, your mouth smells real bad like yeah. you've been sucking on <laughs> weeds all day. It shouldn't be. You've got the worst breath I've ever smelled <laughs> and I've dated hobos. Okay, listen. I think that we have a close enough relationship <laughs> to where I can tell you. Those sort of things. Now, of course, some other people might not be as close and they may, may need to be a little bit nicer. Like they might need the aid of an advice columnist. Yes. But, I mean, if you can't tell your boyfriend, it's even just nice to tell him. I mean, he doesn't want to be smelling up the place and having your relatives go, hey, your boyfriend smells really... Maybe he does. You think he does? He wants to be smelly? Maybe he's just au natural kind of guy. Okay. Well, I think that that's unlikely and that it would even benefit him for her to just say, hey, did you bring deodorant with you? Or, hey, you want to go stop by the Target and get some there deodorant? There used to be a website 
this was many years ago, like before the 2000 uh, switch. And I think that the name of the website was gentlehence.com. And you could pay them like $15 and provide the name and address of someone. And like, let's say you, you have a coworker who has real stinky weed breath, like your humble host. <laughs> and uh, you wanted to let them know, hey, you've got stinky weed breath. You would pay gentlehence.com. And they would they write a very a very appropriate letter and mail it with like some tic tacs to the person. That seems anonymously, totally anonymous. Mm, that seems hateful. How is it hateful? I don't know. People are weak and can't do it. I think I'm going to start a, a, my own website because I think gentlehints.com is defunct. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should start it back up. Yeah, or Sounds you, like you a should real just good idea. you should write an advice column. I would love to write an advice column. Dear JD. Yeah. And then you could give advice. What What would you tell this woman? Get over yourself. Tell him he stinks. Okay. So why are you making fun of me then? I, I'm only making fun of you because you're so direct to me about my stinky ass breath. Well, yeah. And, you know, for the record, weeds taste real good. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Let's get off of this subject as quickly as we can. We've had all kinds of uh, listener communication this week, and we wanted to get to it. Let's start with, so we can get it out of the way, so it doesn't seem like we're plugging the Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash idoubtitwithdollamore. That's kind of a joke. But uh, we have... (laughs) Oh, wow. I was trying to do my co-host duty. I'm sorry. Yeah, real good. (laughs) Sorry. Real good. So we have a new Patreon subscriber, and they wrote us a letter. I may And it didn't have mints accompanying it, because <laughs> it was just email. I may be a tiny bit tired and emotional, but I just became a Patreon supporter for $1.01 an episode, <laughs> because a dollar wasn't enough. dollar is not enough. Thank Seri- you. Seriously, though, as an independent that is okay with both abortion and gun ownership, there doesn't really seem to be a party I like. I appreciate the common sense way you both see the world, both when I agree and when it challenges my views. My podcast tree, in case you care, starts with TBTL as its base, with, which eventually led me to Nerd Out Loud, which led me to you. Keep up the good work, Joe. Joe. Thank you sincerely no jokes no nothing i don't really do jokes so thank you very much for the patreon contribution it means a lot we appreciate all the listeners we get especially from other from other avenues other other uh, podcasts it's good to know so thank you joe and also not to step on you um i really do i'd love to know when people like when we first started doing the show i would if anybody would ever message us on the Facebook page or me personally, I would always ask, "How'd you come about the show?" Like in the early days when there wasn't, Brittany is flipping me off right now, <laughs> like a prolonged flip off while I'm trying to talk. No one thinks that's true. <laughs> no one believes that. Everyone <laughs> believes no. it. Weed breath. So anyway, I, I'm I've always been very interested in how we get our audience. And uh, there's been several that, you know, search Ryan Bell's name and they come up and it's just it's interesting to me. But uh, before I move on from that, thank you very much again for the for the the Patreon. You threw me off my fucking game here. 
Now I'm like a rookie. Well, what are you doing? <laughs> I don't know. Flipping me out for, for five minutes straight. I'm sorry. Ugh, fuck. So, Joe, thank you very much. And F Brittany. All right. What's next, Brittany? We also got an email from Barbara. All right. Who is also a patron. Yes. She says, hi, Jesse and Brittany. I was one of those who linked the story coming out about how the Pope's visit with Kim Davis was not how it was originally appeared. But you had a very different takeaway message from what I had intended. I am not one of those, quote, liberals who is a huge fan of the Pope. I do happen to think that as Pope's go, this one is a lot better than most. But that's not a very high bar to get over. (laughs) My point in posting was to say about Kim Davis and her legal team, once again, liar, liar, pants on fire. In the original news article about the meeting, Davis and her lawyers made it sound like she'd received a personal summons from the Vatican for a directed personal meeting so he could meet her not so she could meet him if you see the distinction instead it was a customary cattle call directed by the pope's host and presumably approved by the vatican but there was no certain evidence whether francis knew who she was or why she was there you can speculate one way or the other but nobody's admitting anything that's a very different story than the Kim Davis camp was putting out and wanted the public to believe. I mean, what's next? Mislabeled photographs from giant Kim Davis prayer rallies in foreign countries? Oh, wait. Barbara. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, as always, we love when everybody communicates with us. That's awesome. And I guess that's kind of a, a nice way to say I'm getting ready to kind of refute what you say. But try to do it super respectfully. <laughs> um. They are for sure vetting the people with whom the Pope meets. That's universally understood. It's not like he, some terrorist slipped in and met. They know, the people who run the Pope's schedule know every single person that meets. One of the reasons why Jesse Dollimore has never had an audience with this Pope or any other. (laughs) Because I don't merit a visit with the Pope, an audience with the Pope. That is correct. So I think, and I I don't mean this, I'm not saying this pejoratively, but I think it might be a little naive to just suspect, yeah, the Pope's people, they didn't really know. I think that's, that's, uh, maybe I'm being too harsh. I don't know. What do you think? I, I agree because I think that the Pope, I mean, it's the Pope. He drives around in the bulletproof Batmobile. Pope-mobile, yeah. And he, did I say Batmobile? Yes, you did. Yeah, I meant Pope-mobile. And um, <laughs> he, he's protected. Yes, absolutely protected. He's the vicar of Christ. He is the vicar of Christ. So whoever he's meeting with, they're going to ensure that this person is not going to harm him, that it's it's someone that they want him to be meeting with. Right. And Kim Davis was obviously someone with some level of importance to the situation. To even get the audience. Right, because right. they met. Sure. I mean, and that's the simple fact. They met. Yeah. And whether it was that she called him or whatever happened, he agreed to meet with her. And yeah. that says a lot. And it doesn't say something good, you know. Right. And then the other thing I wanted to address, it was something in the language of your email, Barbara. You said, 
uh, uh, I'm the one that sent the link or there. And I remember it, it, it hearkened me back to my, it brought me back to when I was speaking, when I said, all right, save your link, save it. I don't want to hear it. I think I need to be clear about when, when I say stuff like that, I don't mean don't communicate with me. Fuck you guys. Cause what kind of a, uh, a fosterer of moving the conversation forward would I be if I said, save your emails, don't send me the links. That's certainly not who I'm trying to be here. Um, what I meant by that is, all right, message received, I get it. Not, don't send the links, I don't want to communicate. Because I'm not creating an echo chamber for myself. I want to hear all sides. So I definitely appreciate you communicating. I definitely appreciate your opinion, although I don't completely agree with it. It's 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 certainly valid. Well, it's also good because we tend to be a little harder on Pope Francis, more you than me, than I think the average yeah. person. And so it's it's nice to get some feedback. And where I don't can feel bad of, about it. So it's nice to get some feedback where people can kind of <laughs> just start where you left off. Right. Um, <laughs> rain you in particular back yeah. in a little bit and yeah. say, hey, it's OK to be a calm person. Yeah, I'll wear it. I'll wear that. The calm person. That's a nice <laughs> dig, though. It's good. All right. We have one more, and it's from Kevin. We talked about the death penalty very briefly, and I still it's something I want to talk about and discuss. Um, but he responded directly to my questions about the death penalty. And it's Kevin from San Antonio. We like to say where people are from. Yes. Should Even I- if they're from San Antonio. Hello, once again, Jesse and Brittany. This is Kevin from San Antonio. (laughs) No, just because of the fact... I think we want everybody to know he's from San Antonio. Yes, just because... Is it established? He is from San Antonio, Texas. Okay. Just because of the fact that I am from Texas doesn't mean... Where where in Texas? San Antonio. (laughs) Doesn't mean that I have to have the accent or say y'all. I'm not a cowboy either. Although one thing that Texans are stereotyped about that I agree with is the death penalty. You wanted one of your listeners to step up, and here I am. I am for the death penalty, but of course it depends. It depends on the crime and the context of said crime. I'm not wanting someone to receive the death penalty for the sole purpose of them using free speech. You shouldn't even be punished for that unless it's slander. Yeah, that's not punishable by death, though. I would hope not. Also, I'm not in favor of executing in the fashion that Saudi Arabia partakes in, nor I am in favor nor am I in favor of public execution in the exercise of making an example of said convict. However, when it comes to people such as Peter Scully that run an international pedophile ring and make snuff slash abuse videos to sell on the deep web, I'm sorry, but they deserve to die. What benefit do we as a society gain by keeping men like him alive? Tax dollars and rights granted to him that aren't even that aren't even afforded to Syrian refugees. Of course, Peter Scully isn't American. I was mostly using him as an example of how I argue someone as evil as him should be put to death. Again, I just want to kind of drop this in real quick. This is Kevin speaking. However, there are Americans who do participate in the underground world of sex slavery and sex abuse videos to sell. Just my two cents. Love the show, guys. I really think you two provide great insights. Awesome. Thank you very much, Kevin. We appreciate it. Uh, I would say that you are advocating for, in some cases, the government has the ability to choose who lives and who dies, and in others, not so much. And I'm just, I can't get there. Intellectually, I can't, I can't make that leap. I don't believe the government is capable, 
nor should it be, uh, nor should it have the authority to make the decision on who is worthy of death and who is worthy of not, or, or worthy of life and who is not. So, it's great. It sounds like you can sleep well at night having that so clear in your head, but not me. I'm, uh, I don't trust the government that much. All right, moving on. All right, 657-464-7609. That is our number. If you'd like to sound off with a voicemail, you can also email us a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We would love to hear from you, and there's two reasons why. I know we have a whole slew of new listeners, and I would like to invite all the new and the old to call in and submit your submissions <laughs> to the drop at the beginning of the show. Tell us who you are, where you're from, and that you never listen to I Doubt It with Dollamore. It doesn't have to be creative. It can just be that. That would be awesome. The other thing that we're doing again this year, we're going to do a Thanksgiving episode. And last year's turned out to be awesome. Super touching, very heartwarming. We got a lot an immense amount of positive feedback about our Thanksgiving episode. I just listened to it again like two months ago, and it made me cry again. Really? Yeah. Wow, so even awesome. revisiting it is emotional. So if you'd like to, you could go check out our Thanksgiving episode. Well, I don't know if it's still on iTunes because they only log like the last 100 episodes, or if it is uh, on the website. It's certainly on the website. But we had callers call in and tell us the things for which they're thankful. And I compiled them and we ran this like eight minute clip or four minute clip or however long it was. And I want to do the same thing this year because last year was so, so great. So if you'd like to participate and you want to kind of see the flavor of what it was, go check it out on the website, dollamore.com. But you call in same number, 657-464-7609. Although I really prefer, not that I won't take those submissions because they were awesome. In fact, some of our best were from the phone line. But the better audio quality is from a voice memo on your smartphone. So either way, we really want to do that again this year. And we're going to keep talking about it. So just keep that in mind. I don't want to be running up against the last minute like I was last year. But I still want to do that because it really, uh, I think it meant a lot to a lot of people. It certainly meant a lot to me. And if you're thinking of sending one in, you know, early, don't worry about doing that either. I mean, you can totally send it in as soon as you want. I've got a folder dedicated to this year's Thanksgiving episode. Right. So we're collecting them now. If you get creative one day and it's, you know, on Halloween, send it on over. Yeah. It doesn't need to be the week before Thanksgiving to do it. Please do not do it. <laughs> don't wait until then. All right. Now that that is all over with. Let's create some kind of a transition between this and the next segment, Brittany. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like yourself by way of Patreon. You can contribute per episode as much or as little as you'd like, comforted by the knowledge that you're within your budget and helping move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you too would like to become a supporter, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dolomore. We thank and love our Patreon supporters. 
Dollamocracy 2016, facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. Oh yeah, Donald Trump. I've been meaning to play this for the last couple episodes and have uh, just, we haven't found the place or the time for it, but I think this might be it. Recently, some video, I don't know if it was surreptitious or not, but some video was taken of a prayer meeting of sorts where a group of faithful pastors prayed to God over the awkward standing body of Donald Trump. And it is about two minutes, two and a half minutes or so, and I want to play it because there's a couple places I'm going to stop it and kind of narrate what was happening during the video, but it was real weird. I also just want to kind of give the audience a flavor for what Donald Trump is doing while this is going on. (laughs) And while everyone is praying over Donald Trump, he does what me, what I do. I don't know what you do during prayers, but I kind of just stand there and like look around and look at what everybody's doing. And that. But it it begins with his stern, you know, that sour puss that he always had. Right. And then he, but he was looking down praying like a prayer but then he kind of, I think he got bored. Yeah, he starts just kind of looking around and like checking out what's going on. He's like that five-year-old <laughs> at the Thanksgiving dinner table that during the prayer who's like shifty and can't stand still yeah. and looking around. Yeah, it was weird. Not into it. Not into it at all. But, you know, Brittany, he's a, he's a Presbyterian. Yeah. He's a Protestant. Yeah, he is. He, uh, the Bible, it's the number one book. He drinks the cracker and the juice every time. The little cracker and yeah. the little wine. Yeah. Yeah. Here it is. Let him ask of God. Yes, Lord. Who giveth liberally to all men and upbraideth not. But let him ask in faith. Nothing wavers. For any man that wavers is like the blowing wind on the water. Let not that man think he shall receive anything from the Lord. No man can be successful as president of the United States without your wisdom. And so we ask you today to give this man your wisdom boldly make sure and certain that he hears Yes. Manifest yourself to And we thank you and praise you for a bold man, a strong man, and an obedient man. We praise you and we thank you. Thank you, In Jesus' name. All right, this next guy. Also, let me paint this picture. This is not just a bunch of people standing around with him. This is a bunch of people who are super close in, really close in. They all have their hands outstretched. If you grew up in a Pentecostal tradition or an Assemblies of God tradition where there's a lot of tongue talking and hands raised and dancing around, you'll understand what I'm talking about. But if you've ever watched like a Jesus camp or documentaries on these nuttery kind of uh, denominations, that's what's going on here. And this next guy who's getting ready to talk, he's like the odd man out. One of these things is not like the other. He's a yarmulke guy. And he's speaking Hebrew, and he's got his hands, and I'm not fucking kidding here, he's got his hands right on Donald Trump's face, right over his nose, covering his eyes. 
it's very uncomfortable to watch, and it's you can tell Trump's not real happy about it. Jesus name. And only two nations that have ever been in a relationship with God are Israel and the United States of America. Father God, in Yeshua's name, if you bring this man into the Oval Office, I speak your blessing over him for the sake of your people. Yavarechecha Yahweh Vishmarecha. Ya'er Yahweh Panabe Lecha Vikunecha. Yisa Yahweh Panabe Lecha. Shalom. Father, for the sake of you, your glory, your kingdom, yes, because of your love of Donald Trump, yes. Donald Trump, <laughs> the Lord bless you and keep you. Yes. Yes. The Lord make his face shine on you yes. and be gracious yes. to you. Yes. The Lord lift you up with his countenance yes. and the Lord give you his peace. And Father, as you gave Solomon wisdom to govern your people, yes. Father, if you exalt this man to the highest office in this land, Father, we pray for wisdom that you would be glorified and that your glory would be seen in this country. In Jesus' name, amen. I guess he's not a Jew. Father, we just secure him right now by the blood of Jesus. We thank you that no weapon formed against him will be able to prosper. And any tongue that rises against him will be condemned according to the word of God. And even as we... Hang on there. And no word against him... What? What is she talking about? Like he's some kind of a prophet that can't be spoken ill of. According to the word of God, she says. We lay hands on him right now. Let your hand be laid upon him. Let him have a greater encounter with you, a greater encounter with the Spirit of God, that according to Ephesians 1, 17 and 18, the eyes of his understanding would be enlightened, that he may know what is the hope of the riches of the glory of the inheritance of the saints, that any veil would be removed and his yes. eyes would be opened to see the glory and the goodness of God. All the days of this life, let him live well. I secure him. Yes. I secure his children. Yes. Mm. I secure his calling and his mantle in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I need a fucking cuckoo clock sound effect because right now is the perfect time for cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoo. So I think I missed it. <laughs> what did that guy say? The second guy who started praying about the United States and Israel? Oh, that we are the only two nations who follow God or something like that. The only two nations that have ever been in a relationship with God are Israel and the United States of America. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he's clearly not a, a Jew. <laughs> he must be like a Messianic Jew who uh-huh. believes that Jesus is the Messiah but still colors himself a Jew. Mm-hmm. Because in the name of Jesus at the end of a prayer, it's not really something a Jew is going to say. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I thought it was weird because he's got the yarmulke on. He he has the appearance of being an ethnic Jew, you know. Mm-hmm. I, it was just, it was a wacky scene all the way around. We'll put it on the Facebook page. You should check it out. Um, real goofy. All right. In other political news, there's a super PAC that is really pressuring Joe Biden to get in the campaign, and they have released an ad to kind of put him in a good light and pressure him to join the race. Things can change in a heartbeat. I know. Six weeks after my election, my whole world was altered forever. I got a phone call. My wife and three children were Christmas shopping. Tractor trailer broadsided in and killed my wife and killed my daughter. And they weren't sure that my sons would live. 
incredible bond I have with my children is a gift I'm not sure I would have had had I not been through what I went through. But by focusing on my sons, I found my redemption. Many people have gone through things like that. My dad's definition of success is when you look at your son and daughter and realize they turned out better than you. And they did. You're on the cusp of some of the most astonishing breakthroughs in the history of mankind. Scientific, technological, socially. But it'll be up to you in this changing world to translate those unprecedented capabilities into a greater measure of happiness and meaning, not just for yourself, for the world around you. Pretty emotional. It's it's difficult not to like Joe Biden. Well, let me tell you, and I'm certainly not bipartisan or nonpartisan, let's say, but my time at the United States Senate was marked by a very mind-altering, position-altering experiences. When I got there, I had just left the United States Marine Corps. I don't know if the audience knows, but... Jesse was a Marine, everybody. I I was in the Marine Corps. (laughs) But I had very strident views about politics and politicians. I watched a lot of C-SPAN when I was in my room, in their barracks, and I, I thought I had it figured out. Guys... Like Pete Domenici from from New Mexico, I thought were stalwart, wonderful Republicans, beautiful men, lovers of America. And I thought guys like uh, Paul Wellstone from Minnesota were socialists who hated America. And thus bad people. Yeah. And when I got there, my world was turned upside down relative to that because I met guys like John Ashcroft, senator from the state of Missouri, went on to be the Attorney General for the United States under George W. Bush, and he was one of the most arrogant assholes I think I've ever met. I I don't know that I would call Pete Domenici the same, but my opinion of him lessened very much so. And guys like Joe Biden, who was a senator from Delaware when I was there, was an awesome guy. Always a smile, always a kind word, very friendly, didn't act like royalty. It was a different game. Mm-hmm. He and Paul Wellstone specifically really changed my my mind, and Joe Lieberman for that matter, but really changed my mind about people being decent, good men and being of a different political persuasion. So I can say from firsthand experience that Joe Biden is the genuine article. He is really a good guy. Just because those senators work up there, they don't have to be anything to anybody because they are elected by the people. They don't have to be friendly. They don't have to be nice and normal. They can act like John Kerry, who acted like his shit didn't stink. He's not a nice guy. In my opinion. Okay. You're staring at me for a disclaimer. Well, I'm just in your experience, right? That's all I have to go on. So you had these personal experiences and that allowed you to see that there 
is not just Democrat, Republican. It's these, everyone is human. Yeah. And they have these differing opinions, but that doesn't mean necessarily that they are bad people. That's right. Just the category that they belong to doesn't say anything about whether or not they're kind. That's right. All right. Well, that maybe that leads us in. Anyway, I, I don't know what this means for his candidacy and whether it's going to push him over the edge, but he had better shit or get off the goddamn pot because it's getting very late. And to shore up the, 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 the fundraising that he needs and the support that he needs to run for president, he's going to need to do it. My guess is every day that passes without an announcement is one day closer to him not ultimately deciding to join the race. So let's get into this Oregon shooting a little bit more. Ben Carson was on Fox News and their jackass morning program. Fox and Friends. Fox and Friends on the curvy couch. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Steve Ducey. Anyway, they, uh, they questioned him about the Oregon shooting and in specifically about how these other politicians are politicizing it. And it kind of went sideways. Right. Yeah. So Hillary Clinton is politicizing this tragedy. The president of the United States. Really? Yeah. The president of the United <laughs> States came out uh, within 24 hours of it actually happening. And he said, this is something we should politicize. He apparently is going to go to meet with the families of the victims this Friday on a West Coast uh, four-day swing. But David Jakes, who is the publisher of a newspaper out Mm -hmm. there in Roseburg, doctor, said the president should not stop in his town because he would simply be grandstanding. Listen to this. Now he wants to come to our community and stand on the corpses of our loved ones to make some kind of a political point. And it isn't going to be well received, not by our people, not by the families, and not even by our elected officials. What do you think of that? Imagine a politician politicizing something. When do we get to the point where we have people who actually want to solve our problems? Rather, Hey, Ben Carson, for the record, dickhole, you're a politician. You're running for political office. That makes you a politician. Then just politicize everything. I think that's what the American people are so sick and tired of. Yeah, but you never hate. Uh, you hate to let a good crisis go to waste. They certainly, the politicians. Right. I mean, they are feasting on it. But right. Dr. Carson, would you go if the if the people of the community say don't go? Would you still go if you're president on Friday? Uh, probably not. I mean, I would probably have so many things on my agenda that I'd go to the next one. The people are not saying that. This guy yeah, is saying that. One guy. He Go ahead. He's the outspoken publisher of a conservative paper, The Roseburg Beacon. Okay, he's one guy. Yeah, who is the opponent politically. They didn't take a poll in the city and say, hey, how many of us are for this? How many are against us? Oh, the majority of the people here are against you coming. Please don't come. Yeah, David Jakes doesn't speak for the entirety of the Roseburg community. He certainly doesn't speak for the elect uh, the elected officials there. Why do they just assume because one man, they put a microphone in front of his face and he said, hey, don't come. Th- that doesn't mean the entire community, the people, don't want him there. Sure. Um, if the people don't want you to come, isn't, isn't this about the people? Yep. This whole country of for no, and by the people? No, it's about David Jakes. Why don't people understand that? 
you know, people really understood you, and I think got a good glimpse in your heart when you posted this picture. Went viral online. Hashtag I am Christian. Explain that. Well, you know, the the, the poor families of those individuals had to be hurting so badly, and the fact that pe I believe that this nation has Judeo-Christian roots, and why are we so busy trying to give those away for the sake of political correctness? You know, when you give away your identity, you give away your soul. And, uh, you know, in the book of Proverbs, it says, without a vision, the people perish. We can't give away who we are and what we stand for and what our vision is. But, but Dr. Carson, if a gunman walks up and puts a gun at you and says, what religion are you? That is the ultimate test of your faith. I'm glad you asked that question because uh, not only would I probably not cooperate with them, I would, I would not just stand there and let them shoot me. I would say, hey guys, everybody attack him. He may shoot me, but he can't get us all. Take action. Get him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, absolutely. Right. Hopefully you won't have to have that happen. Uh, yeah, hopefully you won't have to have that happen. Ben Carson, with your steely-eyed glare as you face down the barrel of a crazed gunman's rifle, and you say... You know what? Not only would I not run away, here's what I would do. Because I am a man among men. I have bravery just ingrained on my spirit. I would tackle that man and rally the troops to attack him. Really? Really? I am Maximus Gladilus Pollulus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Fucking neurosurgeon, nerd turd, he's not a warrior. Well, nerds can also be warriors, but... I'm sure that there are you some You know what nerds. he would do is he would just talk, and it would be a lullaby for the person <laughs> with the gun, and they would just go to sleep. But it is really... It is this weird impulse that everyone has to say, oh, well, I would have charged them. I would have done this. And it's... If you haven't been in a very stressful, traumatic situation... Give me a break. I don't think it's easy for you to understand what happens in that in that moment. I'm sure Ben Carson, a man who travels with armed guards, is just steely enough to to stare down a gunman and and make and take decisive action in the face of danger. Well, to give him credit, he him. he was encouraging everyone else to attack no. the, the guy. Yeah, that's right. Well, that leads me, I'm glad <laughs> He's you like, said "Hey that. everybody, why don't you attack the guy and help me?" That <laughs> leads me to the next clip, which he was questioned about these exact remarks, and he came up with this weird kind of defense. He's backpedaling now and blaming the media for taking his words out of context. The same words we just heard. What did you mean when you said, I would not just stand there? I want to plant in people's minds what to do in a situation like this, because unfortunately, this is probably not going to be the last time this happens. So he says, I want to plant, the reason I said this, because I want to plant in people's minds. I'm giving a subliminal message, Brittany Page. When what he said was, not only would I not do this, I would do this. He's not saying, I think everybody should do this. Mm -hmm. He's saying, not only would I not do that, this is what I would do. Right. It wasn't phrased as, here's a helpful suggestion for next time. Right. Do you and, believe the victims in Oregon just stood there? Uh, from the indications that I got, they did not rush the shooter. 
the shooter can only shoot one person at a time. He cannot shoot a whole group of people. And uh, so the ideal is overwhelm him so that not everybody gets killed. Do you know who Chris Mintz is? No. So Chris Mintz is an Army veteran, and he was shot seven times. He did actually rush the shooter, and he's being hailed as a hero. He actually blocked the door. He saved people's lives. So someone in the instance did actually and that, act heroically. that verifies what I'm saying. That's exactly what should be done. And if everybody does that, the likelihood of him being able to kill as many people diminishes quite significantly. You're being accused this morning, though, of being insensitive to the victims because people say, look, you don't really know what you'll do if, God forbid, you're ever in that situation. How do That's, you respond to that? I respond to that by saying we live in a culture now where people decide that everything you say, we need to set up battle lines and we need to get on this side of it or that side of it rather than collectively trying to figure out how we solve the problem. Well, it's, it's sort of an immature attitude, but it seems to be something that's rampant in America today. We don't need to set up battle lines, steely-eyed Ben Carson. We need to set up a, a defense against stupidity, a defense against ridiculous comments. When you say something dumb, I'm going to say, hey, that was dumb. So he didn't know who Chris Mintz was. That's right. Who is the guy who was shot seven times trying to intervene in this situation. And one, Ben Carson didn't know who he was. Two, Ben Carson said, yeah, that proves my point. <laughs> um, it proves your point that the guy who tried to stop the gunman was shot seven times. Both of his legs were broken. Right. It was also reported. He didn't stop him. Um, it didn't go well. That guy was hurt. He's lucky to be alive. Well, it proves also proves his point that bringing up Chris Mintz, what Chris Mintz did, Brittany Page, you're missing the point. What Chris Mintz did proves that Ben Carson is a steely-eyed, battle-hardened warrior. It proves it. Can I also just say something that disturbs proof, me? Proof. Is I googled Chris Mintz because I wanted to see if he at what stage he was trying to stop the gunman. Was it kind of before, after, middle? Like what what, what was the process? And I googled Chris Mintz, and one of the first searches that comes up is Chris Mintz hoax. Uh, it's already started. Yeah. So what is this impulse? I'd really love to hear what people think this impulse is to make a hoax out of literally everything that occurs on Earth. <laughs> I don't know. It's bizarre. All right. Well, moving on in connection to all of this, I wanted to have someone on who knows a lot more about this than me, someone who I've known for, for several years, someone I would consider what is commonly referred to as a gun nut or a gun aficionado. Uh-oh. Someone who, in their spare time, you know, has... Uh, goings on with with guns firearms mm -hmm. they understand the subject they are not afraid they're not your bleeding heart liberal who just wants to get rid of all the guns so without further ado i want to introduce victor from washington state thanks for being on the show man uh thanks for having me i appreciate uh getting to put out another opinion here would would you say my my description of you is apt or how would you describe yourself relative to your your fondness for firearms yeah i would say i'm a uh very very uh gun enthusiastic <laughs> <laughs> well there, and there's nothing wrong with that i think that's awesome right, right. sounds like a sign sounds like a seinfeld episode 
yeah, it is, it's probably my number, I don't know, number two hobby that I do. So, so it's a hobby. Yeah, it's collecting, shooting, hunting, um, you know, shooting in matches and competing with firearms and then just collecting um, for, you know, historical significance and whatnot. So, so let me ask you because you do you you're far more of an expert than me. I mean, I've, I having spent time in the in the service and everything, still it it didn't leave me with this lingering um, desire even to have to have because I'm not a gun owner. I haven't been for years and years, and eh, I'm okay with that. It doesn't doesn't really. So all the talk about getting rid of guns or implementing more. Some people would want more draconian measures put in place to, to I think there are there is a facet of our country politically that would have do away with private gun ownership. I know I know people like that. Well, yep. while I don't have a fondness for even owning one, I don't feel it necessary, nor do I even just have a desire to do so. I still treasure the rights we have under our Constitution. My, sure. uh, this is a fucking way long way to get around to ask you the question, but when when shootings like this happen, well, let me put it this way: when when this shooting happened, <laughs> taking even longer yeah, to get I'll there. Take even longer. It's my Sorry. fucking prerogative, Brittany. <laughs> when this shooting happened, and it came out that he might be an atheist, in my mind, and it was quiet. It wasn't like I didn't talk about it or anything, but I was privately in my own quiet self and my self reflection. I was like, oh fuck. Now I'm going to have to deal with this. Me too. So so when but when when these shootings happen being a gun owner, do you have that I mean just as an American and people are losing their lives, of course you're going to have a cringing, oh shit, this happened again. But is there a special part of you as a gun owner that that you know, your butthole cl- clenches up just a little bit extra because you're also a gun owner? Yeah, there's definitely a pucker factor every time that one of these pops up on the news, which is, by the way, far too often in this country. Absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, because the the knee-jerk reaction from the left is to immediately want to implement more gun control. They think they everybody seems to think that that is the solution. And it's, I suppose, ultimately, if you confiscated every firearm on the planet, then yes, that is a solution. Which is ridiculous and unfeasible. Completely ridiculous. We have over 300 million firearms just in the United States, and we're not even the largest country, you know, uh, number of guns per, it's not even per person, it's just number of guns in the country. Right. And so, I'm sorry, but that toothpaste is out of the tube. Well, it it, it was also meant to be out of the goddamn tube. With our right. Second Amendment, I don't want to muddle our conversation right. too too quickly because it's going to get into the weeds. But right. I, I'm just I want to establish that I'm. I think my audience knows probably unhappily they know that I'm not someone who thinks the guns should should be taken away. I think that it is our fundamental inalienable right under our constitution, right. under our form of government. Um, sure, but. I want those same types who who agree that it is a ridiculous assertion that Donald Trump can remove 11 million. He claims 34 million, but let's just let's just say it's 11 million. 11 million illegals in our country 
Well, that's right. 260. We did the math one time. It's over 200,000 purple people. It's purple people. It's over 200,000 people per month during a four-year administration. Um, That's not possible. The same logic, using the same kind of math, you can't round up 300 million weapons. It's just not... It's not the way... It's not possible. Right. And I think, you know, uh, after hearing Pierce Morgan drone on and on and on, thank God he's gone. (laughs) Oh, yeah. uh, No kidding. About just getting rid of assault weapons, and I'm using his word here, that's not mine, uh, also would not impact our society in a significant way. Um, Less than 300 of the 14,000 murders last year were committed with rifles of any kind. And, and of course, the AR-15 and AK would all fall under that, you know, uh, under rifle. Right. Um, So it's just not a, I mean, that's a dent in the ocean. Right. We we have a handgun problem. If... If we have a to, handgun problem. If we're to label anything a problem, it would be a right. handgun problem, not an assault rifle Absolutely. problem. And this is Absolutely. now now that I have you on, I want to talk to you or at least by the way, <laughs> I haven't done you any any favors because I didn't prep you with questions, so I'm hoping you'll be able to answer some of this, but I've I've always come come to to know that an assault rifle is always it's a scary term that's used right. by anti-gun individuals because it has political muscle. Well, it has the word assault exactly. in yeah, it. Assault that's rifle. Right. Explain Absolutely. to me the difference between an AK or I'm sorry, a, a, an AR-15 and your run-of-the-mill semi-automatic, you know, uh, hunting rifle. So the main difference is that an AR-15 or an AK-47 will take a high-capacity magazine. Um, You can put a 30, 40, even 100-round magazine onto an AR-15 or an AK-47, whereas your uncle's Remington Model 7400 uh, 30-06 will take a a 4, maybe if you look around and find an 8 or 10-shot aftermarket magazine, but as far as function goes, it's exactly the same. You pull the trigger, and every time you pull the trigger, one shot is fired without manually operating any other mechanism on the weapon besides pulling the trigger. Right, like a bolt and action, you know, like you see in War exactly, War, yeah. World War One movies. Or, yeah, so where a bolt has to be cycled to put a new cartridge in the, in the chamber to fire. So that's the main difference. So power isn't... It just also it looks scary because it looks more militaristic. Right, that is exactly right. It doesn't and have for the most part. The though, most of those, yeah, except for the AK forty seven, which is you know in right, its right. Russian form, mostly looks you know wood stock and everything. But and for the most part, those fire a less powerful cartridge, significantly less powerful than a rifle you would use for hunting big game. Right. Um, it would be more akin you know, to like a 22 than it would like a seven millimeter. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. So, so I want to really establish that you, you sparked that in me because you, you talked about the fact that it's really not an assault rifle problem we have in the country. It's a handgun problem. So what do you think being a gun owner, what would be acceptable? Because this is a super emotional issue. And I, I feel like the other side of this, the, the your your stalwart liberal types who really want to, who aren't a fan of the Second Amendment, um, th- what do you think 
is a workable solution for both gun owners and people who are who what's a workable solution between the two sides i i think that uh i think everybody has been coming at this from the wrong angle and there needs to be a third discussion taking place and a few places it already is being done the the right wants you know that old saying that you hear all the time now is more guns equals less crime and the left of course wants more gun control and neither of those two is a viable solution to the problem that we have with these mass shootings and and frankly the you know it's not the the solution i want to talk about will not affect the overall murder rate in this country significantly but it will I would think significantly reduce the number of like mass shootings that take place. And Indiana has already implemented a program in several of their schools. And that program, you know, there, there hasn't been any mass shootings there yet, but if there is, those people are ready to go. What is their program? So they've spent a right around half a million dollars to upgrade a 35 room class uh, school they have glass break sensors, auto locking doors. They practice active shooter drills right alongside their uh, fire drills that take place, you know, once a week or so in school. And the doors are hardened and they have security systems actually implemented in the hall. So if you have an active shooter trapped in the hall, there's some bad shit that will rain down on him. Um, that's. That system has been implemented now in about a half a dozen schools in Indiana as kind of a, you know, we're going to try it out and see how it works. And, and uh, that is one solution to these problems. All of these, well, I shouldn't say all, but nine out of 10 of the last mass shootings have taken place in gun-free areas. That is, they need to get rid of that sticker. It should have never been made. And we need to protect our kids. I mean, we... An example, like the, the JTLV is replacing the Humvee in any outside-the-country operations that we're doing because our soldiers kept getting blown up over and over and over again in Humvees. So what do we do? We come up with a heavy-duty armored replacement for that. And that's what kind of, I think, needs to take place here in the United States to protect our kids and people at work and um, so that these people can't even get in to, to try this. Um, so aside from these countermeasure type things that you're talking about, you know, classroom aids, um, it really what you, you know, kind of booby trapping <laughs> a school. Do you have any ideas in your mind relative to a preventative measure to keep handguns or you know, mass destruction type weapons out of the hands of these, these killers to begin with. I really don't. So the, the couple things that I would like to see done um, that would certainly maybe help, but wouldn't, would not have prevented um, the, what's the guy from getting a hold of the guns he got a hold of, because um, I'm not sure how we go about solving a problem where this guy who is legally here in the country, legally able to go buy these guns without any problem. He went through the background check like you're supposed to and was cleared. And so 
without stepping all over my rights and, and, you know, 47% of the country, um, I'm not sure what else, you know, there really is to do. Well, let's, let's not just talk about the Oregon shooting specifically. How about, how about other, you know, um, Dylan Klebold, I believe that's the Newtown shooter. What was his name? I think that was Adam Lanza. Adam Lanza. Who's Dylan Klebold? Oh, Adam Lanza. Oh, that's is, Columbine. Yeah, Michael Columbine. Is, uh, yeah, Columbine. Columbine. So, so yeah, it's, it's a bummer that we have to remember all these, you know, many, many, maybe hundred names of these different yeah, shootings. So, but what about in, in the case of mental illness? Th- there's got to be something we can do that isn't an infringement on your rights. Because, listen... I do respect the fact that if they put some draconian measure in that disallows someone who's a law-abiding citizen get from obtaining a, a weapon, and I don't even use the term gun, it's, it's a weapon, it right. is a firearm, this is a, a dangerous um, implement. Um, if, if they're, I don't want someone to be, their rights to be infringed, that would be unconstitutional. Right. But there's got to be sure. some middle ground workable solution that we enact, whether it be closing some of these loopholes at at uh, a, a, a between, of private sales, I don't know. I I, I don't have Washington the answer. So, and do you agree yeah, or disagree? Washington has done that. They have made it. Well, yes and no, because uh, Washington implemented a new law just passed in the last uh, uh, ballot that any person-to-person transfer has to be done through a gun dealer. And when you go through the gun dealer, then you are subject to a NICS instant background check. And that's fine, but it's also almost completely unenforceable. Um, it's, a gr- you know, it's, a, it's a great idea to um, you know, possibly keep guns out of the hands of people who shouldn't have them. Um, but it's, it's really not enforceable. If somebody still wanted to give some, if you have a gun and you wanted to give it to somebody else, whether they were a felon or not, for some reason, not eligible to own a gun, they still could, they're still going to be able to just hand them the gun. Nothing is going to be able to stop that. Yes. If you get caught, you're going to get in big trouble, but by then, you know, several murders could have taken place or. Sure. Sure. So um, I don't know that that, you know, they're always talking about closing the loopholes and, Anybody that does anything by the law, like uh, the mail order loophole, you you hear him talk about that all the time. There is no mail order loophole. It is illegal for me to send you a gun in California through the mail. Really? Um, I could send that. I could send that. Yes, absolutely. I could send that gun to a federal firearms dealer in California, and you could go down to the dealer, pay $30, fill out a 4473 form, go through the instant background check, and then take the gun if you are eligible. Hmm. Um, So there is no mail order loophole. If people are shipping guns through the mail to people who are not dealers, you are already breaking the law. Well, here is, here's, I want to talk about this next. This is an article in the Rolling Stone magazine online. And the, t- the, the, the article is entitled, Four Pro-Gun Arguments We're Sick of Hearing. Sure. Number one is, guns don't kill people, people kill people. And the author, who I think is a woman, hang on, yes, she said, well, I wanted to be able to assign uh, sex to her. She says, sure. 
This is a fantastic argument for those who can't tell the difference between one death and a dozen. Absolutely, a murderer can, can often kill one person or two with a knife before being stopped. But to really rack up those mind-blowing death counts to make sure that many lives are destroyed and families ruined in the space of five or ten minutes, you need a gun. So bias free language. Yeah, right. Very bias free language. So, <laughs> so so this is I want to go through these four and I want to kind of dismantle this because sure. one, the guns don't kill people. People kill people. The That's reason right. the reason it's said all the time and maybe it's become cliche. So people think it doesn't have as much power. The reason it's said is because it's fucking true. Yeah. Now, the problem yeah, is the, and the, the saying that goes along with that is. You know, uh, guns kill people just like spoons made Rosie O'Donnell fat. So, I mean, that it's exactly the same logic train there as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, yeah, I guess so. I think that's maybe a little bit more uh, inarticulate than uh, than I <laughs> than I would choose to say. But, yeah, it's it's kind of the same. So so number two yeah. in this is. The only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. And I see in the in, in the aftermath of these different tragedies, and let's make no uh, illusions about it, that these are terrible, you know, nation-changing types of tragedies. But in, in the wake of these, these incidences, there are these memes that go around and they show the Pope and he's surrounded by dudes with guns. We have the President of the United right. States and his family and they are just engulfed by Secret Service security who are armed sure. to the teeth with weaponry. Um, I think that this is not necessarily a bad argument. That I mean, there it's are th not. Th th we we should. I think there is something to be said for methods through our throughout our bu bureaucracy and our system of of licensure that we are able to. Um, stem the tide of of some of these guys getting guns. Now, you're right. There are going to be cases. Um, there are probably going to be too many cases where we where someone ends up with a gun legally, like this last asshole. We're not using his name right. on the show. Good enough. But there are cases where, like, for instance, Adam Lanza. He didn't have those guns legally because he got them from his mother, and I believe he was too young to have the guns so they weren't legally in his possession so no law would have stopped that i i, I don't know so I, I guess anyway getting back to the the only thing that stops a a, a bad guy with a gun is a good guy eh, i think that if i was a politifact i would say that's half true <laughs> yeah, exactly it is half true and i i would definitely agree with you that's why cops carry guns that's why uh you know any place that's, uh, you know, a decent place to live, I that I would live, has concealed carry. And, and so that's an option to protect yourself and your family. And the number of concealed carry permits issued now in the United States is through the roof. Um, people wanting to do just that. So I, I say yes, it, I, I would agree. It's half true. And because... Um, there's a lot of times that someone has a gun and, and they're still going to wind up getting killed. That is not 
the only thing sure. that can protect you. Yeah. Just to kind of play devil's advocate, I'll read what this woman wrote underneath this second point. She specifically references the Gabby Gifford situation. She says, quote, that's sure. because pulling a gun out and shooting back in the chaos of a mass shooting just makes things worse, as was discovered when a would-be hero at the 2011 shooting of Gabby Giffords very nearly shot the wrong man. Well, what does very nearly mean? Apparently, it was chaos. So he very nearly shot, but didn't shoot. So her point isn't made. Yes. Because he. Well, and I I would argue that anytime there are bullets flying back and forth, it is mass chaos. There is no. Yeah. You know, it's people who can sit back in their comfortable living room and dissect something like that. Awesome for you. Right. Well, the bullets whizzing by your head, that's an entirely different story. Well, it's like we just talked about. Ben Carson talking about, well, I would have just charged the guy. Oh, really? In the face of a, a looking down the barrel of a gun and, and a madman, you're just going to turn into fucking Rambo, soft-spoken neurosurgeon. Dickhole. And that's what's right. written in this Rolling Stone article. She said, parenthetically, the actual shooter in the Gabby Giffords case was tackled by an elderly man. Right. So apparently, you know, her solution for this is for everyone to be superheroes and tackle the people that are shooting. <laughs> I mean, that's why the people who tackle these shooters are become heroes. And they're, right. you know, on Jimmy Kimmel and they're being given cars on Ellen DeGeneres because... It's so unlikely for people to do that, that they right. get yeah. showered with gifts right. on Ellen. Number three. Yeah, there's nothing natural about that. So Number three, but, oh, but mental health. And then she says that the, right. oppon- the opponents of gun control love bringing up the problem of inadequate mental health care after a shooting. This is strictly for deflection purposes, as there is no indication that Republicans will ever work on me. And then she gets into some <laughs> politics. So th- th- the thing is... And in comparison, this might seem insensitive, but in comparison to the number of murders in our country, um, mass shootings, you know, if there's 13,000 mass shootings or or if there's 13,000 murders with guns in our country and there's, let's say, even 200 people that are killed in these mass shooting type situations, uh, that 200 in comparison to that 13,000 is very small. So it is very small. so the mental health issue I think is definitely something we should consider, but I I do believe that the Republicans largely try to use it as a as a distraction from the conversation. Well, and I think there are less and less people that are able to receive the mental health uh, you know, counseling or drugs or whatever that they need because funding for mental health in general over the last 10 years has just been cut and cut and cut. And availability of services is, uh, from what I understand, I'm not an expert in the in the situation at all, but at an all-time low uh, for the availability of people just to be able to go and get help they need without costing a fortune or you know, there's the, the, also the stigma that goes with going to get help for depression or whatever you have. And so, I mean, is there something we could probably look into and and find something that may help a little bit with men, with the mental health por- portion of, you know, looking at some way to prevent these crimes? Yes. But like you said, right now, um, it's just a it's just a political point And that's it. Right. And then fourth. Second Amendment, baby. 
She says, here's a good time. Yeah. Here's a good time to remind everyone that the Second Amendment was written by slaveholders before we had electricity, much less the kind of weaponry that would be that would be murderers can buy today. But sure, if you think it's the precious. That precious. Oh, but sure, if you think it's that precious, we can compromise. If you love the Second Amendment that much, feel free to live in a powder powdered wig and shit in a chamber pot while trying to... So really, she's not trying to be serious here with this article at all. She's just trying know. to be snarky and making cheap, right. cheap jokes. I mean, is that, is, yeah. is that the what you're getting, Brittany? Um, I think that that's very clear. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because yes. I've also heard a lot this week from individuals, whether it be on Bill Maher's show or wherever, where they say that the Second Amendment isn't an individual right. That's not for us to have. That's more a guide guideline for the government on how to how to arm its militias. And I would answer that that you're telling me that the first several amendments to our constitution, the Bill of Rights, are they are individual rights. The the right to assemble, the, the freedom of of religion, uh the, the the right to not self-incriminate uh, the the right to, uh, against self uh, or uh, search and seizure with the fourth amendment but then you got the lonely second amendment here that just doesn't happen to apply to the individual right. it doesn't make any fucking sense and i think it's disingenuous especially for these people who have a a, a far greater understanding of history than they're letting on I I think you put that perfectly. So Oh wow, I, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, all the arguments we hear um in the news and uh by these guest speakers on different shows and stuff, everybody is super snarky about the second amendment and um you know, nobody ever uh comes down on the first amendment or basically any of the other amendments. Yeah. Ours is the only one, the second that gets beat up on. So that's a if very it, good it point. It cracks me up. It cracks me up because every time that there's a crime committed with a knife, we don't talk about more knife control. Every time somebody commits a crime with a bomb, the Boston bomber, we don't talk about a way to outlaw more bombs. But as soon as there's a shooting, that's the first thing they go after is the guns. And it's just, it's an easy target. It's, it's sitting out there and, you know, we as gun owners, you know, it's a very polarized group for sure. And you have some very extreme opinions on one end. And then, you know, very, very few people, it seems like, that are willing to talk about it, have a discussion and figure out a solution without just standing a hard line. Uh, I would postulate that your opinions are probably considered extreme by by many, wouldn't you say? I would, yes. And I would not say... I. And actually, some gun owners I've talked to do not like my opinions because um, I'm in favor of some type of not gun registration because our guns are already semi-registered anyway. When you buy a new firearm, you fill out paperwork. That paperwork stays at the dealer until your gun shows up at a crime scene. And then they're able to pick up that gun. Let's say it was made by Colt. Call Colt. Where did this gun go? They trace it back to the dealer. The FBI can go through the records at the dealer and find out where the gun went. Well, let me ask you this, Victor. And we'll, 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 we'll wrap it up with this. Okay. Let's say we did have a, a national 
all-encompassing, ubiquitous type of registration for firearms, do you believe in your your cold, dead heart? <laughs> do you believe that that would Why be... Why you know me so well? <laughs> do you believe that if we did have that kind of a... What some would consider a, an intrusive gun registration system, do you believe that that would be infringing on your Second Amendment right? Well, yes and no, but I'll tell you what it certainly wouldn't do. It would not have prevented the shooting like in Oregon. Okay, that, that wasn't my question, though. So, I know, but yes, it, it is. How, it is how, how, would it, right. how would it infringe on your right? Well, I'll tell you why. Because if they, if they, let's say they let you come down and register all the guns you have for free, then that would be fine. But you know what they're going to do is make it so that it's, you know, $200 per gun to register your firearm. And so it's going to be cost prohibitive. Okay, so you're saying if it is a, a program that's run by the government that is not cost prohibitive, that you'd be okay with it and you don't think that would be in turn infringing upon your right to keep and bear arms. No, because I, I, and I can tell you, I already have several firearms that are NFA registered, which means each of those guns you have to buy a $200 tax stamp for, and the federal government can knock on my door anytime they want to without a warning and say, hey, we want to look at your gun. And they can do that anytime they want to. Huh. Um, you agree to that when you buy this certain type of firearm or suppressors. And um, so would I have a problem with that? As long as it didn't cost a ton of money, no. But right. do and I think it's going to help prevent any of these mass shootings that we've seen? No, hmm. it's not. That's awesome. Oh, I would like and to say one thing. really looking for, Sure. So I would just like to say that the First Amendment does get beaten up on. You see that in, you know, college campuses where people who have opinions that not everyone likes very much are sent away and they don't want them speaking there or, you know, the Charlie Hebdo situation and everyone says, well, they shouldn't be drawing those pictures, you know. So there are issues with the First Amendment as well. Well, I think it's a just, sideways criticism of the – they don't say, oh, well, the First Amendment doesn't protect your right, blah, blah, blah. There are, exactly. It's kind of a, a sideways way of shitting on the, the, the amendment itself. I think there are, you know, unfortunately, it is mostly the left that does this, that believes that certain things shouldn't be allowed with the First Amendment, that there are certain freedoms of speech that should not be acceptable. So I know it's not the same, but I'm just saying there is some it's issue kind of, there kind of as the well. Reverse, it's the reverse Voldemort situation where Voldemort's the guy who shan't be named well the second amendment's fucking yeah we're gonna name it and we're gonna name it every day until there's no more guns in this country because that's a fucking pipe dream anyway well the uh, to respond to what you were saying there Brittany so it and I understand exactly what you're saying because there are times when in colleges or wherever that you know you're not allowed to say or do what you want to say but they never then go back and say well, the First Amendment was written by a bunch of slave-owning, you know, wig-wearing, chamber-pot-using morons, and we need to get rid of the First Amendment. So, right. Which is what the Second Amendment, that's, you know, that we hear that same attack all the time from Which would be a great would, would be a great response to her, Amanda Marcotte, or whatever her name is, that, right. that uh, those same slave-owning assholes and wig-wearing chamber-pot users, they also gave us the First Amendment, 
and right. the right against self-incrimination and the right against illegal search and seizure and due process. They also gave us all of the wonderful things that are protected by our Bill of Rights. So fuck you. If you don't if you, you hate it here so much, go write for some other Rolling Stone magazine in some other country. Ugh, yeah. fuck. Getting real mad. <laughs> Jesse, one other thing I, I didn't mention earlier that um have you have you guys sat down and looked at the research on the number of Nick's instant criminal background checks that were run like last year? No. Have you guys looked at any of that data? So Go pull. You can pull that up on the. Um, I don't think it's on the FBI website. I think it's on the uh, BATFE website. Um, you should if if you can't find it, let me know and I can get you the info. But it's interesting to see the number of people that went through the next check and were successful and passed the background check. But then there's also this huge number of like in the the tens of thousands of people who have applied for a firearm and been turned down because they're a felon or they, when they sign the paperwork, they fill it out that they beat their wife or there are several reasons you can't own a gun. And, um, but none of those people are prosecuted ever. There wasn't one prosecution of any of those people for trying uh, to get a gun since the next check began. So you illegally try to purchase a gun and then nothing happens to you. Huh? So you're like, Oh, I couldn't go through legitimate channels and so, you know, then then people are they're not in jail now. They're just able to. Well, I got to go find a gun somewhere else. Right. Whether There's, that be it's breaking not, into someone's house to steal it or it, whatever. It's it's not a red flag for the the BATF to say, oh shit, this guy's trying to get a, a gun when he's not legally able to. Maybe we should go check right. it out. At very least, go question him and exactly. say, hey, what the fuck are you doing? Exactly. Yeah. That is right. shocking. And so that. It is shocking, isn't it? That never happens. Yeah, we're going to definitely look into that. I've worked selling firearms before, and people that are rejected for whatever reason, because they don't tell the person at the store selling the gun why you're rejected, uh, but you're just rejected. And the person just walks out of the the store. That's the end of it. Yeah, we'll definitely look into that. That needs to change. And then the other thing is prosecuting gun crimes to the fullest extent of the law. The One of the first things, talking to a couple of prosecutors, one of the first things pled down, uh, my super good friend in Colorado, in Grand Junction, was an assistant district attorney. One of the first things pled down by the attorneys is the gun charge. So you held up a liquor store with a handgun. Uh, so that's an aggravated robbery. And the first thing pled off the table is the gun. Yeah, wow. And so then you get, you know, then you get five years for the robbery when you should have gotten 10. I don't think that sentencing, though, is going to be a, a, a deterrent. It's not going to deter a guy like this Oregon shooter or, uh, you know, Newtown. So, I mean, so I don't know how effective right. that uh, that argument's going to be in the face of, you know, these, you know, the, the, the terrible amount of death that we're facing in our country. No, preventing mass shootings, no, it will have zero impact. But preventing the 13,000 people that were murdered last year, it would have an impact on that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I do. All right. Well, awesome. Listen, we will likely have you back on because I'm going to uh, we're going to we're going to put a call out to the audience that if you have any questions, if you'd like to scream and holler at uh, the lovely and talented Victor, we will have him back on again to face your questions. 
657-464-7609. That is where you leave your fewer than three-minute voicemail. If you are hating that number and leaving voicemails, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Victor, we appreciate you and your expertise and your radical love of all things gunpowder. <laughs> um, I really, I would like to have you on because I think there is going to be some blowback because in, oh, ma- yeah, in, in many ways you've probably made, you've, you've uh, entrenched some of my viewpoints relative to this topic um, because I don't want to make decisions based on so- solely on emotion and emotional, right. you know, the goings on. And I think our Constitution is just that sacred that we need to go the extra mile to protect it. So uh, I appreciate I, I appreciate your time and your brain. Anytime. Well, the, that was good. I, I definitely don't agree with everything uh, that he had to say. I, I do consider myself to be a, a gun rights person generally. But I think that we're at a stage in our country right now that something needs to be done something as a as a as a mechanism to try to eliminate the ability for these madmen to get weapons. And I don't know what it is. Like I said, I'm gonna have to marinate on this for the next several weeks and figure out what I think. Here's what I would like though. One, I would like feedback, like I said earlier. For everybody, if you have a question, if you want to yell, you want to scream, you want to disagree with, uh, 657-464-7609, email, voice memo, I doubt it at dollamore.com. If you know someone who holds an opposite opinion to Victor, we want to hear from him or her, definitely. Even if, I mean, even if it's a one-on-one between or a a two-on-one, Brittany and I, uh, with that person. Or if I was to moderate some kind of a thing between them and Victor, that would be fine too. But I would like to have a dialogue here. I really want to move the conversation forward relative to this topic. And I think we're in a beautiful position to do so right now. And it could make a difference. And I want that to happen. So help us out. 657-464-7600. Zero nine. All right. With that, we're going to leave you. We appreciate you. We love you very much. Thanks for tuning in as often as you do. You'd like to support the show other than listening twice a week. To me, mon- run my mouth, my stinky, stinky mouth. You can go to dollamore.com and on the left-hand side of the page, there's an Amazon search bar. You're going to spend your money anyway. Why not help your favorite show? Filled with news. News. Buddy over there reading fruity and ridiculous comments. For Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.